one. Number nine. Number nine. We were eight. Eight winning days in a row on November 8th. Can we make it nine on November 9th? We're starting out that way. A lot of good earnings reports to cover. Bitcoin getting a pop. We got to talk about the house and mouse. It's a Thursday on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Okay, welcome traders and investors. Uh, we're up almost seven handles over 4,400 at 4,406 and a quarter. Uh, the buck is up about a, time, a dime, 105.54. Bonds not dragging us down, down a half a point, 114 at 9.30 seconds. Crude, a little bit of a rebound, up 71 cents at 76.04. Gold now way away from 2K, down 720, 1950.60. Silver, under 23, that's down 16 cents at 22.57. Another big move in Bitcoin, up $1,300 at 37,210. Those are the futures. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, we've been around a long time. I cannot remember too many nine-day winning streaks, but we are starting yeah. out that way today. Yeah, the Ferris Bueller market, nine times, nine times. Obviously, great scene from one of the best movies ever made, Ferris Bueller, when he's day absent for the ninth day in a row, and his mom is nine times, nine times. Well, nine-time winning streak, I mean. And we're on the track for the 10th here, Joel, up another buck. Why not? Why well, not? Did, did you get my reference in the uh, – are you too young? Uh, too young. In that, really? Did you yep. get it, Mitch? Man. Let's Anybody? just say I'm lost back here. Was there a Come joke on, in man. there? He missed Come all on. these references. I bet you, I bet you, Easy Mike will get it. Easy Mike or EK, EKS. Easy Mike. Come on. What I was that if he's related to Easy E? Come on. Come on. Maybe you guys are all too. Well, come on. Don't say it again because I didn't catch anything that you said. I just heard nine. nine. I didn't hear any type of Number a joke. Nine. As a musical reference, it's not a music. It's not a, a musical. Movie. Yes, well, no, I had no chance of getting on a musical. I've never even seen a musical before. I don't. No care. musical <laughs> reference. It's a reference oh. to a band. Oh, to a band. Oh, sorry. There we go, Mike France. He's Listen. the winner. Winner, chicken dinner. The Beatles. Yes, the Beatles. The Beatles. My favorite yeah. band of all Girls time. All right, all right. We got chicken. Mitch, where's Mitch? He left again. Where'd he go? I'm just the voice in the back, baby. <laughs> well, I know what he's doing. He's trying to find that Beatles song so we can find. You never watched YouTube. Ferris Bueller's Day Off either. He never watched Joel. Ferris Bueller's Day I, Off. I watched it. I watched it. I watched. Come on, uh, never Ferris Bueller's Day Off. How about when that guy's wearing the red? Everybody's Beatles playing hooky after they watch that movie. Yeah, everybody uh, had to play hooky, right? I mean, he. Yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name? His friend Cameron wearing the Red Wings jersey. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that was Joel's character. Cameron was in Egypt. Land. Let's All right, go. let's go. This is off the rails. Right, let's Mitch, get you guys Mitch, started. Get out the fishing pole. <laughs> Reel us in. All right, here's the hook. Let's bring it in here, guys. So I'm going to talk about something that I caught. Of course, the Magnificent Seven couldn't escape the cracks recently uh, when stocks were going down. This is something interesting that I caught. Bank of America's analyst here, Savita Sabramian, reveals a surprising twist. He's talking about the Russell here. And he's talking about that the largest quintile of the Russell 1000 outshining the smaller uh, of course, the smaller quintile by a staggering five percentage points. So the smaller, uh, the bigger only went down 1.7 in the recent downturn, while the smaller stocks went down 6.7%. And so what does this tell us? This tells us that where big money is hiding, right? They're hiding at the top. Yeah. 
I mean, this is this is a, this is a pretty cool stat. So again, just reading it here again, cracks starting to form within the next, but the largest quintile, the Russell 1000, outperformed the smallest quintile by five percentage points. I mean, that's it. Continue to hiding in in the big stuff. I mean, does that trade unfold? Is that what he's calling for? Is that what they're thinking is going to happen here? It's going to eventually, you know, the crowded trade unfold, or it's just continue to hide out because we know they've been hiding out the magnificent seven, but they're hiding out a lot of tech stocks and a lot of bigger companies we know the small stuff's just been crushed look at the iwm can't even catch a bit i mean we can talk about this nine day win streak here iwm finally catching a bit here today but wholly opposite batman s&p goes up for three days in a row iwm goes down for three days in a row it's not even connected to the market anymore isn't that weird you know i i should i gonna have to bring todd gordon on because i have him on uh, the closing print on wednesdays and, you know, I, I threw that at him and, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, that there, there's a lot of really poorly run uh, companies, you know, the 2000, some of these companies just aren't going to be around and they're, and they're in the I, IWM and, you know, so we, we got to get rid of some of them, bankruptcies or whatever, but um, I'll have to bring him on maybe next week, to explain that in a little bit more detail. He's been bullish. He's been spot on bullish and he's been making some good calls in this market but uh let's uh, uh we got shake in 815 so uh mitch what uh what earnings would you like to start you with? know where we gotta go walt disney q4 adjusted 82 cents beats the 70 cent estimate sales of 21.24 billion missed the 21.33 billion estimate Total Hulu paid subscriber. I'm one of them. 48.5 million. Disney Plus Core at 112.6 million. And of course, what you guys have already gotten here on pre-market prep about Disney CEO saying that ESPN Bet would launch next week. I already gave you guys the date there, so you, you guys did, didn't yeah, have to wait for the conference that. call for that one. And then, of course. This was an interesting one about the dividend and that they will be recommending to the board that they declare a dividend by the end of the calendar year. Also said on the call, talking about the recent films and how they've struggled, Iger stated that the quantity can actually be negative when it comes to quality. And I think that that's exactly what happened. We've lost some focus. And this came from Iger. Actors strike over here too overnight. We got uh, news that the actors strike. I don't know if it's official, but it looks like it's settling here. That was good for Disney. We're seeing Paramount pop up on that news as well. Um, so basically right now, as of this moment in time, the news really couldn't be better for Disney. They beat. They're talking about the dividend, which investors want. The actors strike. Stocks trading up three dollars. The one major issue the stock is going to have, though, is massive overhead supply, and I mean the massive type. The ninety that was like the rock of Gibraltar of support for a very long time, and now it's going to be the rock of resistance. I predict. So, not chasing Disney every time it rallies. It seems like it's a selling opportunity. Recession next year. I still think this stock doesn't do well next year. I'm not in. Nope. Sorry. I used to like Disney. That's why I got to listen to the show. You change your opinions on stocks. And that's legal. That's legal as a trader. I'm still not a fan of Disney. Okay. Um, Dennis, we, we got to reveal the our truth new is going to come out? The, the, the truth is going to come out? <laughs> what do you have for me? Talk to me. I, and I, and I, I don't want you guys hooting on me, okay? You bought Disney. No, I yeah, didn't buy yeah, Disney. But, uh, well, first of all, Dennis, we, we, we have a new indicator here. And it's called... Uh, the Dennis and Joel going to Disney indicator. Okay. Um, Boots I, on the ground. I, I Joel, went, been, Joel went there. I went, I went for my 60th birthday. I don't know if you guys figured that out, but uh, Lisa yeah. asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I wanted to hit the water parks. And man, oh man, did I ever hit the water parks. And Lisa <laughs> surprised me. The whole family showed up. And now Dennis is taking the kids there. In the, in all Possibly. The, we don't know when yet, though. We yeah, the 23 years that we've been hanging together, you know, we've met neither of us. I mean, you've been to Disney World, and we each had, but at the same time. So. I've been to Disney World in a decade or longer, yeah, probably 15 I haven't been years. there in 20 years. Oh, no, actually, that's not true. I brought the kids like six years ago. But yeah. Natalie was a baby at that point in time, so she didn't get much out of it. <laughs> Spencer right, kind of liked it. Big pop here. Dennis. Oh, I, stop. I, How are the crowds? Yeah, how are the crowds? Uh, that, that that that's important. Thursday and again, it's hard. They're the always busy. Park was 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 nice, you know. It wasn't super busy, but yeah. when we went on Friday, we went to Epcot. It was it was jammed. 
Yeah, it was they're, they're always jammed. jammed. It's yeah, just how jammed. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, but uh, anyways, Dennis, you know, I've been talking about that eighty-six dollar level a lot. I mean, I had my line across there. Were you able? I I know you're busy and stuff. You look at a lot of different stuff. Were you able to catch that uh, going through eighty-six? I mean, that's your technical level. Um, no, and typically it's a good question, Joel. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'm in there in the house of mouse. I'm in there in the big earnings and trading all those things. I typically trade the sympathy plays more than anything. I'd be looking, you know, at potentially, obviously, and it can look sometimes Netflix trades off it. But Disney doesn't have a lot of pure sympathy right now. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Right now there hasn't been much moving with Disney, so it's kind of its own animal. And the reason I don't trade the leaders is that, takes a lot of babysitting so basically if you're busy doing a lot of things you're trading an earnings report that just reported you got to really pay attention to that so i know money mitch you were talking that's opportunity cost is that's what exactly it is. what it is so so i'm like trading a lot of different things i can't put 100 percent focus on trading that if i was trading one stock and just one stock after hours and that was it i'd be probably trading disney because i can taper that i can pretty uh, confidently probably in the long run make money just tape reading off of something like that but it's a matter of do i give up more money elsewhere so i typically don't trade the leaders mainly for that reason is that i'm trading too many stocks you're going to trade you know the the major reports like a disney or you know or like last night or the other ones you know like take two which had a while we'll get into that one in a second you got to really focus on those a lot. You got to really pay attention. You can't trade like 20, 30 stocks and then be trading Disney too. It's really difficult to do. So that's the main reason that I don't trade the leaders. But you know what? There's a lot of traders that do do that. They just got to focus on those. Okay. Uh, quick technicals. Pre-market high, which I don't know if we're going to see is 88, 85. But 86, man. We got to wait till this thing comes back down. Old resistance, new support. I'm gonna. I, I want to see this thing back at 86, and uh, I think it. I think I'll do it. Worry about it breaking 80 after that long-term portfolio. I'm waiting for the pullback. I think. I think Lisa has it in a couple portfolios, not not big positions, but uh, gonna wait for it to come back down and fill that gap. What else you got, Yeah, you, you can always share one of those portfolios, but uh, take two interactive software. Uh, EPS here at $1.22 beats the $1.03 estimate. Sales of $1.445 billion beat the $1.433 billion estimate. Take two interactive reiterated 24 net booking guidance of $5.45 billion to $5.55 billion. Of course, the new Grand Theft Auto being mentioned out there. That's the biggest uh, catalyst for this stock and could get it running, especially if they somehow release this towards the end of the year. I think if they can put the release date towards the holidays, yeah, it'll get it'll definitely get bought up. I gotta tell you, um, this thing was absolutely insane off the earnings report. So on the initial number, they hit this down over six dollars, actually over seven dollars wow. here, Joel. On the I initial see. print, this went from 143, blow it up. I think that's right. It went down like 134. No, no, sorry. I got 135.90. Do you got that, Joel? I think I got, you're right. I got I saw 136 six. trade. I saw 136 really? trade. And I did see it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it missed it there on your trade station. but I'm Yeah, really I don't know either. I did see it. Um, and then they just started buying it. So they slam it seven bucks. Then they buy it up to 153. So from the 136 up to the 153, that's a 17-point rally. Then they turn around and hammer it all the way back down again to flat. So, I mean, what a wild ride here. And this is telling you, these earnings, that's why I'm like, you can't just, if you're going to trade these things, you got to focus on them because, you know, like they're going to be moving and they're moving quickly. I mean, that's an insane move for take two. Like this is a like you just think about that that's the entire range it basically traded after hours for the last four months it basically traded it Good all point. in a 10 minute period it traded the entire last four month range almost i know we got down to 131 but the majority of last nice. month's Good range comment. in in 10 minutes i'm like these moves are just insane off earnings so um it's hard to trade that stuff it's back down. I don't know what to say. Who knows where it's going to go? It's yeah. been everywhere after hours. It can go anywhere. In all likelihood, we've seen the high and the low, I would imagine, from the after-hours session. I don't think those are getting breached. This comment is for informational purposes only. If you're good at trading stuff like that, then trade. go at it. Then go trade it. it. Yep. It. Yep. I just look at the closing price uh, from uh, yesterday, 143.47. You know, 
support for now. But uh, yeah, wild ride and take two. And it's weird because they they why did they did the news with the grant? Theft? I don't I don't understand that. The new person in the PR department. Affirm. Let's get to that one, and then we'll get to, of course, Mark Chaikin. So everybody, smash the like. Affirm sure. Q1 EPS at a loss of fifty-seven cents, beat oh, the loss boy. of seventy cent estimate. Sales of four hundred and ninety-six point five five million, beat the four hundred and forty-four point seven seven million estimate. They do see Q4 revenues at four hundred ninety-five to five hundred and twenty million versus a five hundred and two. million estimate fiscal year 24 GMV of more than 24.25 billion. And one thing that I wanted to bring you guys is I did a little research inside the report. I'm going to give you guys the image so you guys can see it on the screen now as I explain this. And so 26% of delinquent loans are using a firm's payment deferral to essentially stay alive. 1,583 <laughs> loans of the 6,098, which are using payment deferral. And it's clearly stated right here on the earnings. Money Mitch doing a little bit of a deep dive for you guys. So people are loving this affirm because they don't, they, they pay later, meaning sometimes they pay never actually because <laughs> payment deferrals are all there. So they can do four to 20 past nine past due non-delinquent loans. So there's, there's quite a few that are non-delinquent, I guess. Yeah. But the other I, ones are like all I somewhat stated, delinquent. T- uh, there would be 74% that are non-delinquent. 26% are using that payment I deferral what that number is to stay alive. Like what it is at a firm. Because I think if, I think a lot of people use an affirm that, you know, maybe some of these 24% never pay their bills. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they just take their time paying their bills. But this this I, I've challenged the concept for a while here of a firm. Obviously, the stock has come significantly off of its all-time high, which was $176 back in 2021. Ain't ever going back there. I think it I think the path least resistance is eventually lower, but right now bulls are in control stuff. I mean, we're up nine days around the SP. IWM's trying to get a little bit of life here today. It's hard shorting stocks right now. Eventually there's gonna be a time to short stocks here again. That time is coming soon, I think. But it's hard to just come in here and say, yeah, I'm shorting this pop because you short the pop and the stocks continue. Also, Upstart really lowered the bar for a firm. UPST got hammered yesterday. Oh, that's it. That's no that sniff of a bit. A firm was down with it, but then rallied towards the end of the day. Now a firm pops and goes the other way on it. So low bar for a firm here because of Upstart the day before. I'm just staying away. I do see a lot of resistance, though. Joel, give us a quick level. 25.13. Uh, yeah, we're back up right near the highs of the move. So keep an eye on 25.13. And somehow, if it gets through that, the recent high of the move, 25.63. Let's go to Mark Chaikin. You guys know what time it is. Let's see what's going on in the Shaking power gauge. Time. Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics, joins us every two weeks for his fundamental and technical outlooks on the market. Mark, you look you look very serious today. How you doing? I'm uh, doing well. Not, not serious at all. Just trying to you know, project <laughs> a little bit of uh, gravitas. That that uh, that uh, that Wall Street uh, uh, swagger you got there. So, the status of the rally, Mark. What do you think? Too much? Too fast? Little no, pause in the action. No, we had a another uh, great breath thrust uh, as of last Friday. The Zweig breath thrust this time, uh, six to twelve months out, always good. A little chop in the short term, and with the budget uh, mess upon us again in Congress, that's not surprising. But I like the market here. I think we're going to rally into year end again with some chop around this uh, budget debate, but. Um, 4,400 is critical. We haven't gotten through it yet. We've got to get through that, close there, and then um, I'm very comfortable with 4,600 by year end. Do you wait for it to go through just to be sure, or do you buy today just anticipating that's going through? Well, it depends what stocks you're trading. If you're if you're buying Adobe and CrowdStrike, which we love, uh, you, you don't reach for them here. But if you find stocks that have pulled back a bit, uh, you buy them. Uh, if you're talking about the indices, yeah, I'd wait. I'd wait for them to close above 4,400. If you're buying spies or, Q, or Qs, actually are, are doing really well. But the big surprise for me is that the financials have turned bullish in the power gauge. 
<gasps> wow. Whoa. Hold the that led, by, led by the insurance stocks, which have oh, been strong. Yeah, the insurance been unbelievable. But also Bank of America bullish rating yeah. as of about four days ago. Uh, Bank of New York Mellon. And then some of the regionals, Truist, TFC, uh, which I thought was always a quality uh, bank and um, Fifth Third have all turned bullish in the last both, week or two. Both of those, Bill Gross, I believe. Um, Bill Gross was tweeting. Yes. How often he tweets, but he tweeted out four stocks that he was buying. Um, let me go see the four banks if I can quickly. Oh, find really? It. I I yeah. knew, I knew he had you know. So seven days ago, he puts out this tweet and he says he's buying Truist Citizens. What's Financial. the symbol on that symbol? TF, TFC. TFC, so Truist. He's buying CFG, which is Citizens Financial, Key Corp, K-E-Y, and First Horizon FHN. And all those stocks ripped that day. Like they all ripped 5%. They've come back in. Some of them have come back in a little bit here. But for the most part, that was, you know, the blast off was those four. Yep. And that and that gave a vote of confidence to the regional banks as a whole, I think, Mark. When you get it, you know, a, vo a voice, you know, a, as big as Bill Gross, well known out there. I think it's not just those four regionals, it's like green light to maybe go buy regionals. Maybe that's why, you know, that, that maybe that's a, a, something that helped the power gauge turn bullish on these things. Maybe uh, Bill Gross. It could be because uh, it certainly turned a lot of heads. I'll ask you this, though. Uh, what does Bill Gross know about regional banks? <laughs> Ooh, bond, the bond fire. guy. <laughs> I don't know, but he's got a name. He's got a name. Uh, got a name. You can uh, the KRE has also turned bullish uh, in terms of the ETF power gauge rating going bullish, and this is all. Let's see that turned bullish on Friday, October thirtieth. So we're one a couple of the few things. Yeah, one of the few things, very few things that I added this year was you know back during that banking crisis. The only one I, I got tagged on a little bit. What was that one that went bankrupt? I sold a lot before I went bankrupt, but um, uh, you know, uh, oh, did, you, did you buy the? Did you buy like the SIVB? Which one did you buy? There was four. Uh, what was the one? What was the 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 one that started? It was Silicon it Valley Republic. Yeah, it was OFRC. Republic. Yeah, 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 and I, yeah, that was that that was the only one. I mean, and it had a big pop, but uh, but the biggest one I, I took was J.P. Morgan. I didn't have any uh, any exposure really to the banking sector. Um, I did have some uh, key bank, and that, so that was the only one. And then it got hit on uh, uh what you would call Jamie Dimon. We could put the Jamie Dimon low there because when it hit that one thirty five. That's when it revealed that he was selling $140 million in stock. So if you were a contrarian on that one, you got a nice trade going. But uh, uh, what, what else you like, Mark? Still like technology. Software is top of mind for me. I think uh, some of the um, rally is based on the fact that the third quarter earnings showed an uptick in productivity. And that's that's typically software related. So. Uh, I'm looking for pullbacks in any of the quality software names and the semiconductor names that we like. But uh, Adobe's my favorite, but you can't buy it here, although I think there's still 20% of upside into a bull market peak in the stock above 700. Um, CrowdStrike, you got to be very selective in cyber. Uh, Fortinet and yeah. Alto seem to be hurting, but CrowdStrike just keeps making new highs. Microsoft, I mean, the, it's the big names. I'm not... Yeah for small yeah. Yeah. Plus, uh, these are the cash cows well i'm not so much CrowdStrike, but microsoft adobe the the usual suspects amazon the, these this is these are the safety trades now well uh, well and we, and i don't know if you were listening but we've been breaking it down for the last few weeks on debt and just talking about why the magnificent seven has outperformed and the majority of these companies have very little debt relative to market cap the other thing is a lot of their products don't require the customers to go out and get financing to buy them. Exactly. So we were talking about Apple. There's still 0% financing on iPhone. Yeah, what has 0% financing? Yeah. Nothing. And there's 0%. Around... I bought one, 0% financing, 24 months. I'm like, sure. Do yeah, it. Why it's the same. Why not? And, and a lot of these companies are sitting on a lot of cash. A lot of cash. These right. are, they're, they're positioned much better than a lot of these smaller companies that rates are going up and these companies are like, okay, well, this is going to really hammer our bottom line is interest payments that we're going to have to make. That's not the case with the Magnificent Seven. Well, if the U.S. government had a balance sheet like the Magnificent Seven, we'd be at 10,000 on the S&P. <laughs> I, so. I don't think that'll ever happen. But, uh, no. but Joel, Joel, last two weeks ago, um, it was Dennis, I think. You said, what would 
turn you bullish on bonds. And I thought for a minute and I said, I guess if they hit 5%, uh, you know, then I can see them. And that's what's happened. And that's what this rally is yeah. all about, I think. Yeah. Uh, plus some parsing of the Fed statement, which is debatable. But yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. on that. I think he's been pretty consistent the whole way, but uh, you know the way that you know they just like to run uh, what his statement, you know, with whatever statements he makes. Well, yeah, that that was dovish, that was hawkish. I think he's been pretty steady the the whole yeah. way here. So uh, you mentioned some potential bumps in the road here on that path to forty six hundred by year end. Uh, what do you think it's going? I mean, we're through earnings season, right? What do you think it's going? You know, the some inflation numbers. I had it on my sheet. I think coming up next week. Uh, you think those are the potential bumps in the road? Fed speak, uh, geopolitical stuff. Where where do you think the bumps in the road are coming from? The chaos in Congress. They think we need a we need a budget, and we've got to fund the military and uh, you know every good part of the government, and. Clearly, there's going to be some drama attached to that, but I, it's a wonderful period here between now and the end of the year yes, because you don't have a lot of um, headwinds for the market. You never do. That's typically why the, especially in up years, the uh, the final six seven weeks are really a joy to behold, especially in the pre-election year. I mean that. Interestingly, our you know my sort of roadmap for this year was a v-shaped bottom in october it just came a lot later than i you know I, I thought it might come around the middle of the month and it really because of the bond market took a long time but it, it's there and this, this these breath thrusts we're seeing are historically very very powerful but not straight up I, of the i think there were 19 zweig breath thrusts and four of them pulled back one of them you made a lower low Again, this is after 1950. Anything before that is suspicious. But in three of the four, you sort of tested the bottom, didn't break it. Uh, but in the other 15, you, you didn't have any meaningful pullbacks at all. All right, Mark, I wanted to ask you, of course, about the stock that at least has been really hot as of late. I know Dennis has taken his shot on it. Pretty good timing there. But NVIDIA, cool. what about NVIDIA here going into earnings? It's pretty high up already. It's at 473 right now. Well, I think, think the, AM, the power gauge. The power gauge is still bullish. I think the AMD report bodes well for NVIDIA. People are yeah. talking about how AMD is going to capture market share. Well, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, there's. I think there's a story out today about they're going to unveil new chips for China. As soon as that China situation gets resolved, if it gets resolved, NVIDIA has, could have 20% upside. Wow. And it just ran. We're talking about a stock that almost just ran 20%. Yeah. So you think you have another 20% upside. Well, China's... You got good... people caught short here, no yeah. doubt. This move has had no pullback. So, I mean, we're up nine days in a row on the S&P. I think it's up nine days in a row on NVIDIA. I mean, usually shorts will buy the pullbacks when they're caught. There hasn't been any pullbacks yeah, here, not nothing, much. Nothing to buy uh, unless you want to reach for it. So uh, I, I really like where we're positioned in the market. Uh, so financials, uh, tech, particularly software and some of the chip names, this one stock, ONTO, that we recommended uh, a couple of months ago, pulled yeah. way back. And yeah. uh, that's now starting to move again. Uh, that's they're really well positioned in the AI. And there's a stock that I really like called uh, PSTG. Uh, it's a storage company. That's the symbol. Um, and they've got a deal with NVIDIA. This is flash storage. And it's it's um, in big demand based on AI and data center requirements. So uh, that's sort of a sleeper name that we recommended about, uh, I guess, back in uh, July or August on that on that dip. And I think this is a really interesting long-term play on AI and uh, the need for faster storage. So a panoply of stuff, but I think basically if you stay bullish, you'll be happy by the end of the year. 
Hey, we got jobless claims coming in. Mark, we're going to yeah. keep you on for it here. Initial jobless claims coming. Uh, we're trading not not a big number, Dennis. I don't think you need to go wide or anything on this. Yeah, it hasn't moved. I, I went wide. It's too I got far. Scared. <laughs> no. wide. Uh, so initial jobless claim consensus is here, two hundred and fifteen thousand, and the continuous jobless claims. The consensus is at one point eight two million. We'll get them both as they hit here. I'll let you They're guys know right as now. soon as I see them. Yeah, and remember, bad is good right now. Yeah, it's funny how we're back to that, eh, Mark? Yeah. We're back to that. I mean, it, it's it's like either silver lining market or dark market. It's like it doesn't. Right now, we're in silver lining market where, well, if it's good, well, we got soft landing. Bad, well, the Fed's not going to raise, so we can find yeah. a bull case in both cases now. Yeah, this is the Goldilocks period. Yeah, and seasonality's playing into a factors here too. I think, Mark, like um. I, you know, yeah. like, obviously, we know November, December is historically a stronger time. You get towards the end of December, it's a very strong time. Uh, give us those numbers here, Money Mitch, because I know you got them on the screen. Initial jobless claims, 217,000 versus 215,000, uh, 2,000 off the estimate. And if this number doesn't change drastically, I think it's a nothing burger. At the end of the day, um, we need to see this number change big for it to really start playing an effect yeah. on the economy really didn't move you're right this is a complete nothing burger here the s&p's moved one point joel good call not to go wide i gotta re-put all my orders out there now bonds <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't even move off this either tlt same exact spot it was before the number so market yeah. not caring about this number whatsoever yeah rich uh rick santelli um is he still calling for 13 percent um that's such a ridiculous call. well even scarier jamie diamond was calling for seven percent i don't know what got into him i really don't they Seven. chased. They were chasing, Mark. They got <laughs> yeah. in the heat. They're like, well, we three. We've watched it go from one to two to three to four to five. Twelve. Just <laughs> <laughs> double it, right? I mean, yeah. let's go, you know, man. Who, you know who was pretty good? It goes exponential. You know who was pretty good? Our boy Blue. Remember when Blue was on a couple of weeks ago? And he said, you know, whole numbers, you know, like that 5%. Yeah. You know, Mark's they said it too. 5%. Yeah. Mark's said it too. Yeah, yeah it, but before I let you go, uh, you're probably the only person uh, on this chat on Wall Street that's been around longer than me. Uh, <laughs> Eight-day eight winning streak. How many nine-day winning streaks have you have you seen? Not very many. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, is it nine? It's it's eight right now. We're at eight. Today would be eight. nine. Today would yeah. be nine. Today yeah. would be yep. nine. I mean, yep. And um, um, guess what? They come. They don't. They don't come in bear market rallies. Yeah. They, okay. They, they come in bull markets. Okay. The bull is back. The, the bull, bull is back. back. Uh, it never went away. It just it never left. Well, it did for about a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it depends three, on your time how, arrived, about, how about three months? It depends Again, where you hung three out. Three months right? it wasn't that great. Again, yeah. watch the RSP. I talked about that last time. Uh, the RSP, after we talked on a weekly basis, gave an oversold buy signal and, and a very uh, accurate. Uh, indicator that I use, whereas the S&P 500 cap weighted didn't even come close. So you have to, you know, to, to figure this market out, you have to look a little bit under the surface. And you, so you have 493 stocks, basically trigger an oversold condition. And no, none of the other indices did, but that's still a lot of market cap right there. Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Mark, always a pleasure speaking to you. We'll dial yeah. you up in a couple Happy weeks. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. What is that Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. oh. it's coming. Uh, is it two weeks from? Class, man. That's oh, weeks. you know what, Mark? I'll send you. I'll reschedule you because yeah. I think two two weeks from today is Turkey Day. So. Yeah, I'll be in Boston, so uh, we'll do it from from the uh, apartment we're uh, leasing in Boston. Okay. okay, but not on that Thursday. Okay, Mark. All right. All right. See you all, guys. Take Thank care, you. Mark. All right, so, let's get back so to the So we have market. a very interesting day. Before we go into the earnings, very interesting day happening here. We've got the small caps, the smaller stuff. Oil's having a good day. Banks are having a good day. IWM is having a good day. And what is not having a good day is the Magnificent Seven. Very rarely do you come in and see the S&P up 10 handles and almost the entire Magnificent wow. Seven in the red. Tesla is in the red hsbc coming out with a reduce on that so that's the reason for that one but apple has turned to the red microsoft has turned to the red meta has turned to the red google has turned to the red amazon has turned to the red who do we miss one two three four five six oh nvidia and but nvidia's taken and they're picking up the slack because nvidia is up eight more dollars so <laughs> it's helping 
So the NVIDIA's helping here today. I don't even know what the news is on NVIDIA today. It's probably just up just because that's what it does, but still long NVIDIA, full disclosure. All right. Where do you guys want to go from this? Uh, let's let's keep it rolling here. Uh, just wanted to catch uh, the next comments there in the chat. The chat's talking all about uh, different things there. Mark bullish. Uh, a lot of the analysts that we know are bullish. Someone said that we... We never came out of the bull market. Uh, John Lewis bringing in some of that conversation. That's a that's a conversation to have, right? Did we even we did we just get a correction in this bull market, right? This is the awesome thing about the markets because there's absolutely two perspectives here. Because the S and P has went nowhere for almost three years here now. So if we go back to the beginning of 2021, ah, uh, not not true, two years. Two years, 24 months of no action. So you could argue it both ways. Sideways markets, you're like, wow, you know, we're still in a bull market because you go long enough, that overall uptrend is still up. And then the bears will say, well, yeah, but we never went back above 2021. So we've never recovered from the previous bear market. So we're still in a bear market. So it's like you could just look at it from either side if you want. So that's the fun thing about this market. But sideways for the win here. I mean, again, seasonality plays into a factor here. We are seeing, we did see stocks oversold a week ago. They have had a nice lift for eight days here now. It's an impressive run. But it's still, overall, I don't know if you can call it a bull market or a bear market. It's a sideways market. Two years, S&P. Q's different story, but S&P for two years have been sideways. Uh, This is one that we haven't talked about. Let's get to Arm Holdings. Q2 EPS here at $0.36 up from $17. And year over year, revenues at 806 million, up from 630 million year over year. Uh, their outlook here not looking too bad. They see Q3 24 adjusted EPS at 21 cents to 28 cents, revenues at 720 to 800 million. But you guys can see this. This has been a struggle. It, it is, and it's valuation that it's really fighting. I mean, it's trading, what, 50 times earnings, 45 times earnings, somewhere in there where all of its peers trade a hell of a lot less than that. And it's not doesn't have this super growth rate here either where it's going to be like NVIDIA where it's exploding earnings next year. The earnings are relatively stable here. I mean, the company's just been out. So, I mean, it's trying. It is an AI story here, so that keeps the stock elevated, and that will keep, you know, the the, the buyers, the, the underneath demand here for a stock like this. Do I expect this dip to get bought? It's kind of already starting to get bought. So, I think it is the kind of stock that people want to still own. They think, you know, there's only so many ways to play AI. Arm is definitely one of the newer ones to play it. Valuation keeps me away, though. Uh, stuck under 50 bucks in that after hours print, and uh, now you're back above. Uh, a little gap fill here uh, at 50.52. Uh, you did that and then some in the pre market. But uh, if you thought you missed the move off this uh, 46 and a half level, um, boom, this is your this is your, your place to strike. 50% retracement depends what your risk reward ratios. But man, until this thing can get above 56 bucks, look at that. It failed at 56. Early after the IPO in October, again, er, or late September, early October, that's like nine star resistance. So let's see if we can hold the 50%. S&Ps are sneaking up on the highs of the session. HubSpot Q3, 23 EPS, $1.59 beats the $1.24 estimate. Revenues of $557.6 million beats the $534.11 million estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS. At a dollar fifty-three to a dollar fifty-five versus a dollar fifty estimate. Total revenues at five hundred and fifty-six million to five hundred and fifty-eight versus a five hundred and fifty-six point two four million estimate. Customer counts grew here twenty-two percent year over year to one hundred and ninety-four thousand ninety-eight. Average subscription revenue per customer up three percent year over year at eleven thousand five hundred and twenty. Shout out to the Raz, who still has this in his long-term portfolio. So nice day for him on this stock here. It's moving up a lot of cloud stocks too, like HubSpot really moving here. We know this, it's funny, like you go into like pockets of earnings, eh? And we've been right now in the last couple of days in the cloud earnings season. I mean, we've had, you know, obviously the Twilio's reporting and the Datadogs, and the HubSpots. There's just a ton of, of, of stocks that are in the cloud that have been reporting earnings here. Um, tonight we get a few more as well, but it just like it's pockets of earnings, and this really you know is towards the end. But you know, HubSpot. One concern here is we are starting to leak. We are about 15 points off yeah. the after hours high. Never want to see that the leak starting here. 
We saw a few stocks leak yesterday. I thought Rivian could hold on. It could not. Yesterday gave it all back. So there is some profit taking here on some of these pops here where we weren't seeing this three or four days ago. We're starting to see profit taking on the earnings prop pops. Uh, I'll just give you the pre-market high, 483.33. That's a long ways away. So let's look uh, look, look more relevant level here. Is your uh, October 18th high, 465.05. So there you go. Got a whole 465 off the hop. Twilio Q3 adjusted EPS 58 cents beats the 35 cent estimate. Sales of 1.03 billion beat the 989.28 million estimate. Twilio said that it had more than 306,000 active customer accounts as of September 30th, up from 280,000 year over year. They expect Q4 revenues of 1.03 billion to 1.04 and adjusted EPS of 53 cents to 57 cents. This used to be a favorite. Now it just seems like it's in the gutter. I got to tell you, though, its valuation is starting to become compelling. I mean, this company went from, I don't think it was even making money a little while ago, to actually not being a ridiculous valuation here. Now on a forward basis, if we're looking at those earnings, it's still trading high, but it's 25 times earnings here now. So it's not insane. You know, market multiple trading around 19 to 20, 25. Twilio seems to be a company that is still growing. I mean, you look at these growth rates and they are fairly impressive. Revenue growth rate one year is 34% if we're just taking it off the pro. I don't know if those all these numbers are always immediately updated uh, for the current quarter, but pretty impressive. I mean, you start thinking, does Twilio go on my long-term shopping list? I think it does. And I think you have major support, long-term support at the $40 level. So, so you're up from there. Do I want to chase it? I, I'm just, it's not in me to chase, but chasing has been working to a certain extent. I think, you know, you get back down near the 50 area though. I think you find buyers. So I'm not chasing it here today, but valuation isn't crazy on this thing. Uh, got a nice pop uh, to uh, 60, 90. And now you just pull back. You're only a buck 15 away from that uh, 60, you know, at a psychological level. If you could get through that, the, the next daily high comes in at, uh, at 62, and, um, you know, a quarter million shares have traded. So there's some decent volume. Dennis, I just going back from yesterday, this is a little bit off topic, but uh, that unity yesterday, remember you yeah. saw that iceberg in there? It, yeah. uh, um, it, it, you know, it did trade lower on the session. So that seller kind of had it right there for a little bit, but uh, yeah. back above that level today. Yeah, it's getting their pre-earnings pops. And you know, one of my core strategies is just to own stocks ahead of earnings reports, especially stocks that are, you know, well known, not like small caps that nobody knows about, but stocks that are covered in the media, stocks that are talked about on Twitter, stocks that are loved, those tend to do well ahead of earnings. And I mean, that core strategy has made me a lot of money over the years. So I've been biased long unity. I have a unity in the long-term portfolio, but I've been also trading in the the trading account just flipping it buying it overnight and it gets an overnight pop and then i usually sell it, and then it buy it overnight and it gets an overnight pop and then i've been selling it uh people asking me i will not hold it as a trade through i still have it in the long-term investment account which has just been a disaster i mean i bought it and then three days later they did that fee and the stock got hammered and never recovered so um definitely not been good on the investment side of this but i trade it pretty well holy macro look at amc here just getting lit up like a Christmas tree. These are well, just, no, this oh, is stories this, are over, yeah, man. man. This is I, I've had someone that actually came to my stream just the other day and they were like, Well, is AMC gonna come back and stuff like that? I was just like, Man, there's still people holding on to that, like just dream that this will come back. I mean, let's just be honest, it's, it's guys. all it is is a dream. <laughs> it's a it's dream. A dream. It's yeah, insane. man, it, it's not going to come back, man. I feel Down sorry 99% for the AMC. from the all time. And, and this 99%. is how this was the first stock that really kind of stuck it to the institutionals. Right. It, it kind of actually retail got the upper hand. But the truth is, majority of the times, does retail have the upper hand? No. And, and that's what I think that we need to like kind of take that learning lesson here. Um, it, it just isn't that whole battle against the system thing that's going to win. Um, but hey, where are all those people that are on Twitter? Where are they all? Oh, they're hiding. They're hiding those losses, man. They, those they're losses not even big. hiding. Go to go to Twitter, Joel, and put AMC under your latest, you know, and look at the commentary. They and still they think all it's believe. coming back. 
They yeah. all believe, man. They're yeah, full man. believers. Like, you know, like they're it's believing delusional. in Santa Claus, man. They fully believe that eventually this thing is going to squeeze and go back to thousands of dollars a share and they're going to get bailed out. They fully believe that. GameStop, same thing. They fully believe that. They were, I'm sorry, folks, but, you know, like, basically yeah. this was just, you know, it worked for a long time. These are hot potato stocks, so you hold on these long enough. Fundamentals in the long run matter. In the short run, they don't matter at all. Story is hot. Fundies don't matter whatsoever. But in the long run, they do. And the valuation never made sense. The only person that made a lot of money on AMC was Adam Aaron, who is a lot of these people's hero. And he was the one that made a lot of money on this. 100%. Uh, let's get to an interesting conversation. I'm going to take a step back from the earnings. I think it's interesting to talk about what's going on. Of course, Eli Lilly getting their drug approved yesterday. Weight loss drug competition stocks. What do you guys think about this story? Is it just oh way gosh. too late to chase? But I, mean, I don't know. It just keeps going, man. <laughs> it keeps going, going and going. And how could we screw this up when I had that check back at 310? Oh, good Me Lord, and Money Dennis. Mitch talked about it. And now it's doubled since then, since the beginning Crazy. of the year when I had that check Crazy. back. I mean, the valuation is insane. They're talking about this drug being the best drug of all time. At least Kramer is talking about it. The bulls are in full control here. There's a story here. And it's weight loss drug. We'll never have to exercise again. Forget about your plan of fitnesses. Forget about your swimming, Joel. Mitch, forget about all the exercising that you do. You know, you know what I You don't think? need it anymore. You just pop a pill and you lose weight. I did an interesting trade off of this, right? Um, it's not going to be your common trade. Um, I, I uh, shorted Mondelez on this. Oh, Short yeah. Mondelez. It probably works. You like probably that one? It probably works. <laughs> Boy, aren't you supposed to be long Mondelez? Because can't you just pop the pill and then eat all the candy you want? Yeah, but it, like, I don't know if it works that way. I don't know. You know what? What happened to a good diet and exercise? <laughs> no, Joel, that's too much. People don't like to do no, work no lazy, more. Joel. Uh, YOLO, it's man. a convenience way. I can't spend all my time exercising. This is the YOLO world. It's you just like everybody wants you want to do. Nobody wants to exercise. They want to pop diet. No one wants to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go Joel, swimming. Joel. Joel, it, it's just like trading. Right? Kind, Everyone man, wants the next you, trade. Bro. They don't want to know how to trade. Right. And and then this is what we see a lot out there. Convenience. Totally. Convenience. That's they, what they that's want. That's totally right, too. Mitch is spot on. You know, he does this show, you know, trade. They want to see what to trade. Tell me what to buy right now. I don't want to think for myself. I just want to buy. Not our chat. They like to learn. Yeah. But so whenever we say something, we're not talking about our chat. We're talking about everybody else. Our chat likes to learn. They like to come here for the learning experience. And we just go with some stock tips out there every once in a while, too. Like what we like. But our opinions. But you're right. Like, this is just the world we're in here, man. It's a lazy world. It has become lazy. People want to work four days a week and get paid for five days a week. That's what they try <laughs> to negotiate. Why can't I mean, we get that? Like, like, we need some bad. We need to get that guy thing. That's who we need, man. We need him uh, representing. Oh, him. yeah. Oh, did you hear him yesterday? He's just taking his victory lap all around. And they're talking <laughs> about, you know, they had him. Uh, um, Sully had him on his show there. And I was watching the interview. And Sully's throwing some good questions at me. Aren't you worried about, you know, the big three profitability, you know, with your wages going up 26%? And he's like, they make so much money. This is a drop in the bucket. Basically saying this is a drop in the bucket. Our wages aren't going to impact those car prices whatsoever because they are just raking it in and they need to share some of that money. They're raking it in until they're not. Wix.com Q3 EPS at $1.10 beats the 67 cent estimate. Sales at 393.84 million beat the 389.83 million estimate. They did raise fiscal year 23 revenue guidance to 1.558 billion and 1.563 billion, prior being at 1.543 billion and 1.558 billion. Uh, consensus is right off of that. Um, this is interesting to me because I know that Wix.com is using AI and there's different AI services now that can go ahead and make you web design. So does that help Wix in the long run? I would say yes. I was going to go along this last night just because it's Chinese reporting earnings. And that's a bad thing to say. But the gap accounting over there is not in existence. So the accounting methods are always different. And right now, it's like this market is like, you beat, you go up. I'm like, almost these kind of these companies, sometimes they beat, sometimes they don't. But we're in this kind of market where you beat, you go up. And they just beat, man. They beat. 
And, you know, again, I'm not saying these numbers aren't real. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but I'm saying their accounting methods are a lot different over there. And it's a lot of times these companies beat no matter what. Hundred bucks. I'm not even looking at anything else except a hundred bucks in this. Look at all the wait a second. I'm wrong. Is Wix not Chinese? I thought Wix is Chinese. Am I wrong? Um, let me let me fact check for that uh, while Joel does some time. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, chat's calling me out on here. I think it's well. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead of the hundred on the monthly because I just like looked up and saw ninety five. I take it all back. 95 man major resistance at 95 several highs in that let's call it 95 and a half bunch of highs in that area you know what we haven't talked about forever is the bobster what's going on nothing look at that thing just hanging out at the near the lows of the move is this thing ever going to catch a bid wix is in israel israel wix is israel i'm wrong i thought wix was chinese I thought it was too. A couple people in the chat said they thought it was. It is not Chinese. So I, my apologies here, Wex. This is Israel, Joel. This is yeah. an Israel company. It's an Israel company. And surprising, you know, we, we talked about what those companies go down with the situation. They haven't really necessarily. So uh, at That's least true. AI, I think, is the play here, right? Look at that EPS. Pretty good beat. Almost double. I mean, 110 at a $0.67 cent estimate. It's not a bad beat there on the EPS. It's a huge beat. It's yeah. a huge beat. Lift. So I take it all back. It's I, I did not realize that. I always I had it on my list as a Chinese company. <laughs> like I've had it on my long term list. So yeah. I'm like, that's wrong. I always thought it was. It's Israel. Huh. Lift here is... This is why I learned from the chat. This is why I do the show. You guys yeah, teach me literally. stuff. Literally. I got yeah. the Wix.com on my Chinese list. I've had it there for like a year, probably two years, and I've been wrong. I did not know that. Keep, keep 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 teaching me, guys. Lift not lifting, of course. Q3 EPS at the loss of three cents misses the 13 cent estimate. Sales of 1.16 billion beat the 1.14 billion estimate. Lift sees Q4 gross bookings of 3.6 billion to 3.7. Adjusted EBITDA at 50 million to 60 million. Lift said that it had Q3 gross bookings of 3.554 billion and was up 15% year over year. Rides grew 20% year over year. Active riders grew 10% year over year. Yet you still can't even make a profit. Boy, oh boy, what a tail. Best of breed, worst of breed. Don't yeah. buy worst of breed. That's yeah, a long-term tip. Write that down in a sticky note. Never buy worst of breed. Yeah, yeah. Lift is in trouble. Unless it's short squeeze season, which maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> no comments on that? Uh, I mean, there's this nothing sink, to comment, man. He I said, mean, I'm moving just on. This, like, at 10 bucks. I mean, there's some gaps to fill here uh, at uh, 10 on 4. But there's another gap, uh, you know, beneath it. So 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Let's see what happens. I don't know if I will get that low. It did sneak under it in the pre-market, but uh, man, this look at the monthly here. This we might want to just stop talking about this stock, not even give its earnings. Uh, but uh, there it is, down 37 cents. Uber had a wild day on its report, and look at this 50. This is a big psychological level big trying level. to clear it. Um, and uh, up nine cents today. Let's see if you can, I mean, not only get over 50, but when you have these kind of moves, you got to get above it and sustain a bit over 50. Pubmatic here, of course, they do programmatic advertising. If you guys don't know what this company is, we can name some relationships. But Q3 adjusted EPS comes here at 14 cents, beats the loss of five cent estimate. Sales of 63.68 million beat the 59.49 million estimate. Pubmatic sees Q4 revenue at 76 million to 80 million versus a 74.44 million estimate. Um, just to name some relationships like TTD, Magnite, those are some of the names that you guys can be looking at. And TTD getting a nice lift here as well. Uh, PUBM, it was setting up not bad actually. Look at the technicals into the report, like a little you know cup and handle form in here. Not that we're big pattern traders, but it was setting up pretty <laughs> well. Then boom, you know, like you're in this market where the bulls are back in control. So a lot of these stocks that are gapping down get bought back up. And the ones that are gapping up, some of them continue. So it's exact opposite to where we were two weeks ago. 
Uh, you did get a pop uh, near that gap area, so that's very important. You backed off a, o- almost a buck from that area, but once you yeah. get above this uh, 1470, where do you go? Where do you go from there? If you're looking to buy on a pullback, you had some tight consolidation right at the 1220, 1230 area, and um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, that would be the support, and if you get above 1470, get a nice little rally going, maybe fill the gap. Bill Holdings is uh, near a $1.95 billion payment deal for Mellows. Uh, this is reported by Bloomberg. Um, I don't know exactly how this is going to affect it, but of course, uh, I don't think acquisitions have been too loved as of late. Bill.com, what do you guys think? Rumor of an acquisition, they knock 13% off it. I mean, yeah, rumor. This, this company here is just in a, like, feels like it's like in the death spiral here i mean you got every company bouncing here and bill is not bouncing whatsoever now they get rumored about buying something they hammer the stock again down 13 percent on a rumor that they might buy something it feels like an overshoot but or something else is happening here like this stock is just getting absolutely hammered i had a look at the fundies on this thing going in my trusty benzinga pro Bringing up Bill dot hold Bill Holdings six billion dollar market cap one point seven billion in debt. I bet you if they know they're thinking about buying something, I bet they're probably not worrying that they're going to increase that debt again. So it has a lot of debt. Um, wow, I don't know what to say, but man, the stock just won't stop going down. Do you see this news on CNBC right now about Buffett? No, watch that that uh, media. But uh, wh- what do you see, Joel? <laughs> Buffett privately traded in stocks that Berkshire was buying and selling. We're just looking at a headline here, so I have no clue. Yeah, it's a, they, they're, they're going nuts. Who is ProPublica, first of all, that is, is saying this? What, are they accusing <laughs> yeah, so Buffett are they of insiders to... selling? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Is that what they're trying to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, are you yeah. kidding yeah. me right now? Are I can't believe they're putting that up there. He probably didn't even know what they were. He probably, oh yeah, he walks around the trading desk. Oh, what are we buying today? Oh, I'm going to buy this in my portfolio. Because they Come think on, he's running man. the show? Come on, man. Come on, give it. Right I can't man. believe they're putting that up there. Maybe ProPublica. A- so ProPublica is investigative journalism and news for the public. I just went to their website because I'd oh, never heard of Lord. ProPublica before. Maybe it's my bad. It's like the New I've York never Post. Heard of Pro- <laughs> I've never heard of ProPublica before. They do have a lot of followers on Twitter, 922,000. But I'm just looking. ProPublica, I'm actually looking at some of the stuff obtained. Warren Buffett's personal stock trading data, and we found that on at least three occasions he may have violated Berkshire's ethics policies. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Could this be coincidence, too? <laughs> three times? Three times? So he's probably made, you know, hundreds or thousands of trades. I'm not, I'm just reading, you know, I have, I'm just reading off the headlines. But yeah. I mean, could this possibly be coincidence? Probably. <laughs> I don't think Buffett's doing insider trading. The guys, what, why would he ever do that? Yeah. The guy's guys... worth. You know, billions and billions well, oh, of dollars. Oh, he needs an extra 10 Why grand. Why ever you know? would he do insider trading? It doesn't even make any sense. Ignore this. <laughs> New York Post is more reliable than ProPublica. This is ridiculous headline to draw attention. This is a tabloid. A this should be on TMC, man. Basically implying that Buffett's doing insider trading. Come yeah, on. Yeah, this is nothing that I'd, I'd give uh, any headline to. Let's wrap up the market, guys. What will you be focusing on today? What are some levels? Could we... Finally, so, so just giving around, you a little bit more of reading like the actual overall Buffett's records show he reported at least 466 million in personal stock sales between 2000 and 2019. That's overall. He's worth over a hundred billion dollars. So you're talking about 0.5% of his portfolio being traded, not like, not like, like 0.5, like half of 1%. So I, and again, you know, I'm just going through this very quickly here because we're doing this live and it just got brought to my attention three minutes ago, but. I'm like, holy, reaching for headlines here, in my opinion, reaching for headlines. Not affecting the stock. Uh, the stock is trading up a buck 51 here. Bullish. Bull- They're uh, like, Buffett's doing insider trading. Man, he's really going to kill it next quarter. the stock. They're going to close it down. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, well, oh, folks, man. we're in the open area here. I can't give you any daily resistance for another 20 handles. So there you go. Your not too long ago, October 11th high, 443050. That's the top number on my sheet. I don't know if I'm going to have to adjust that. 
Uh, coming back on the downside when I see days like this, and maybe if I could sneak in you know, along at the top of yesterday's range, uh, you know, and risk down to maybe mid-range on the session. But so far, so good. I don't know if we have any Fed speakers or, you know, anything to shake us up in our day. But uh, looking for a nine-day winning streak. Mitch, who do you got coming on tomorrow? Uh, it's going to be really interesting, guys. We're going to get into a little bit of some crypto action. Yes, I said crypto action. You guys don't want to miss it. We will have the general manager of crypto from Robinhood. Mm. Interesting right. conversation that you guys do not want to miss out Yes, uh, tomorrow. And uh, guys, this is going to be interesting. We'll, we'll get some information. So I want to source some questions from you guys. We don't normally do this beforehand. Might as well get the opportunity to do it today. So what I'd like for you guys to do is hit the comments down below. I'll look at this before tomorrow's interview and grab a couple questions from there. So if you guys have some questions for the general manager of crypto at, of course, Robinhood, hit those comments down below. Let me know what you guys want asked, and I'll go ahead and do so. All right, let's wrap it up here. Joel Conan, of course, Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader, at Spoos. Follow them on Twitter. And, of course, check out Pre-Market Prep Plus and the closing print at 3.30 Eastern. Who will you have on the closing print today, Joel? Oh, the one and only. Triple D. Oh, it's me. It's me. I lost a day. It is. It's on my thing Thursday. Oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> Dennis the Menace on the closing print. Don't miss okay. that, guys. I'll tweet it out early. Schedule. Otherwise, I lose track of my own schedule. So we got Joel with my schedule as well, and he reminds me when I got stuff going on. Thank you, <laughs> Have a good one, Dennis. Take care, my friend. All right, guys. We'll get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. And like always, guys, this show is for educational purposes only, not for uh, investment advice and opinions. Do not represent those of Benzinga hosting guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. And like always, we're here to keep you guys growing right here on pre-market prep. Up next, we got live trading. And I took a trade during this show that I want to tell you guys all about. It's actually really interesting because a big news hit the tape. And this is something that I've been waiting for. I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint. It has something to do with a baby sock. Find out, guys, on live trading coming up next.